All right. I recognize that, that many of you would not have brought your Bibles with you. That's all right. I'm going to help you out, all right? If you did, that's just wonderful. But uh, I want to share some important things today with you about four answers for managing stress. Four answers for managing stress. How many of you here have noticed that stress levels are at record highs? Among particularly the Western culture, including our country, stress levels are at record highs. In fact, did you know recently I read that suicide, suicide is now, has now surpassed uh, automobile accidents and crashes as the number one cause of injury death in our country. Now, of course, there can be many reasons someone commits suicide, but it's been proven that anxiety and stress contribute to people who may end up deciding life simply isn't worth living. My most recent research revealed the seven top stresses in our country. I bet you could guess some of them. There's a couple of them that surprised me. Let me give them to you. This is from the, the highest rate one down to the seventh. All right. Number one, job. Oh, I hear an amen. A couple people say, yeah, that's me. Number two, money. Well, I heard a lot of amens on that one. I imagine that's too much and the lack of, but either one might cause stress, right? Number three is your personal health. Number four, relationships. And that includes marriage and family. But relationships, how many of you know there's a lot of drama that goes on in relationships, right? And, and sometimes, man, I mean, you just can't even go to sleep at night because of all the stress that's coming because of relationships. Number five was interesting to me. Poor diet was one of the findings. Number six, get this, media overload. Media overload. Too many tweets. Too many social media clicks. I know a lot of you say, yeah, it's so convenient. It can also be very stressful. And finally, number seven is simply one of the causes of stress that people identified themselves. They said, a lack of sleep is causing me a lot of stress. Did you know that the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 25, it says, an anxious heart... An anxious heart weighs a man down. An anxious heart, a heart that's, that is succumbing to the pressures and the stress of life, that it will weigh us down. How many of you know what that feels like to be weighed down, to feel like there's an extra 20, 50, 100 pounds on your shoulder, on your head, because of the stress? Our world today is a stressful place to live. Recent study done by a doctor at Harvard Medical School. This was a medical report back in the late 1900s, but I believe it is clearly true today. He noted that 70 to 90% of all doctor visits today are for stress-related diseases. He included hypertension, infertility, insomnia, and cardiovascular disease, and I imagine some physicians could add a few to that. Doesn't mean that any of those are always caused by stress, but that stress can be a contributor leading to some of those medical issues. One of the most common things I hear today, in fact, I received a recent note from someone, and it said this, Pastor Bobby, my life is a mess. I'm simply 
in a constant take state of fatigue. I'm feeling overwhelmed, overloaded, and in short, stressed out. Please give me some guidance on what I can do to address this condition. And so that caused me to do a lot of thinking and praying, and immediately my mind went to what I believe is the fail-safe scripture that God has included in the Bible one key couple of verses that specifically and saliently focus on the issue of dealing with stress. The good news is that this answer for stress is proven, tried and true. And to make it even better, there's a guarantee that it works. I don't know about you, but I'm interested when I buy something, I want to make sure there's a guarantee, there's a warranty that goes with it, right? Did you know that there's actually a warranty and a guarantee that goes with this passage of Scripture? Let me read it to you. Some of you may be familiar with it, but it's found in the book of Philippians chapter 4. Let me read the entire a couple of verses from verse 6 through verse 8, and then we'll break it down. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, thank Him for all He's done, and then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can comprehend or understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to begin by noticing the guarantee that I said. There's a guarantee that's found in verse 7. I'll read it out of another translation. It says this. If you will do this, in other words, the previous verse, we're going to look at in just a moment. If you will do this, you will experience God's peace. So what we have here is a guarantee or a promise. That is, if you will do this, then this is going to happen. But we also have the promise. We have the principle. We have the condition given to us for this promise in the prior verse. Many times people read the Bible and they only want to look at the promise. They never want to look at the premise. They want to look at the guarantee, they want to look at the guarantee, but they don't want to look at what the contingencies are connected to it. Anybody knowing anything about contracts, no, you better look for the contingencies. Am I right? And so here we find that there is a contingency. This is the premise. And we're going to break that down now. In short, if I kind of just take a 30,000 foot view of that one verse that tells us what to do. These are the four things that that text tells us to do. Number one, worry about nothing. These are God's answers. Number one, worry about nothing. Number two, pray about everything. Number three, thank God in all things. And number four, keep your mind on the right things. Will you give me just a moment to break each of those down and get a little bit more detail? Because I think each of us can benefit from developing some more defenses against this stressed out world that we live in. What was the first one? Worry about nothing. So the first first answer that God gives us in his word is refuse to worry about anything. I want you to repeat it with me. Refuse to worry about anything. One more time. Refuse to worry about anything. Now, I think you may have figured out there's not a whole lot of wiggle room in that verse. There's not a lot of exceptions. There's not a lot of exclusions. God simply says what? Don't worry about what? Anything. That's all-encompassing. Now, 
Worry is our response to stress. When we feel stress and the pressures of life, the normal natural reaction is to what? We begin to worry. We begin to be anxious. And that's what God is addressing here. So how in the world could it be true that we could live a life without worry? You say, is that even possible? I really believe Jesus wouldn't have told us that if it wasn't possible. Now, did you know that Jesus actually spent an amazing amount of time when he was on the Sermon on the Mount, which was his greatest sermon ever delivered? He's, on the, he's outdoors, and I've been in the area there close to the Sea of Galilee where likely he was ministering this message, and it's beautiful. And he was outdoors, kind of like we are today, and he gave this incredible message, and we have it recorded for us in the Scriptures, and particularly in Matthew chapter 5 is a great, I'm, I'm sorry, chapter 6 is a great place to read it. But I've just picked out a couple of things he said about worry because he spoke to it quite clearly. There are a few reasons, the statements that Jesus made in the Sermon on the Mount about worry. Can I give them to you very quickly? Number one, he said, it's unreasonable. You don't want to worry. It's totally unreasonable. It makes no sense. It's irrational. This is what the scripture says in verse 25. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. This is the words of Jesus. That is why I'm telling you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink, enough clothes to wear, the most modern gadgets, whatever it is that you think that you need, isn't life more important than all of these things? Yes, the answer is yes. Worry will simply exaggerate the problem. And in fact, the more you worry, the more it will grow and the more it will pollute your perception. Listen, worry is unreasonable. It's irrational. It doesn't work. It never works. Many times we're more interested in stewing than we are doing. Many times we're worrying about things that you can't change. Listen carefully. Worrying about things that you cannot change is useless. Worrying about things that you can change is stupid. I know some parents will be mad for me using that word. I'm just going to go ahead and use it. It's stupid. It makes no sense at all. So Jesus said, number one, don't worry. It's unreasonable. Number two, he said, it's unnatural. It's unnatural to worry. Did you know that of all God's creation, the grass, these trees, the flowers that are preparing to bloom, the uh, birds that are flying through the air today, the animals, the fish that are right down here in the creek, out of all of God's creation, that we are the only created being that worries? Help me make some sense out of that. We're the only ones that worry. Listen to what Jesus tells us in, in that Sermon on the Mount message. He says this, Look at the birds. They don't plant, they don't harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to God than they are? Can all of your worries, put it all together, can any of it add a single fraction or moment to your life? What's the answer? No. In other words, it's unnatural to us. Number three, he says, not only is it, un, not only is it irrational, not only is it uh, just unproductive, not only is it just unnatural to us as human beings, but number three, he said, it's also unhelpful. How many of you know that worry never does anything good for us? Worry doesn't make you taller. 
Worry won't make you lose weight. Uh, worry uh, will not lengthen your life. In fact, it'll probably cause you to gain weight. It'll probably cause you to shorten your life. Worry is not helpful. It's kind of like sitting in a rocking chair. I love to sit in a rocking chair, but if you're trying to get something done, you never go anywhere in a rocking chair. You may have a lot of activity, but you're never making any progress in a rocking chair. Am I right? So it makes you, all that worry does is make us miserable. I know, I've been around some of you. It makes you miserable. And it doesn't make any sense. Finally, Jesus said, it's also just unnecessary. It's just unnecessary. In verse 30, he says, and if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today, and they'll be discarded tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Oh, you of little faith. Wow, it's unnecessary. You see, worry is a choice. But I've also discovered happiness is a choice too. And if you continue to choose worry, choose the wrong response, you're going to live a life that is full of stress and anxiety and a whole lot of other counterproductive attributes. So the first thing that he tells us is what? Refuse to worry refuse. Just absolutely say no to worrying. Don't worry about anything, the scripture says. Right on the heels of that, we have the second answer. Number two, talk to God about everything. He says, don't be worrying about anything. Then he says, talk to God about everything. Instead, one passage says, instead, pray about it. That's pretty good language. In other words, don't panic, pray. Don't worry, worship. That's the answer to dealing with the issue of stress. Philippians chapter 4, well, uh, I'm sorry, uh, another passage that speaks in 1 Peter says that we ought, to, we ought to learn to cast our cares onto the Lord because He cares about us. But you know what? Casting cares involves prayer. And making certain that we are lifting up our requests to God. Too often, basically, is acting like either God doesn't exist, or He doesn't care now enough about me, or He simply can't be trusted. I'm here to tell you today, God can handle your worries. God can handle your request. Whatever the burdens and the issues are that you're facing in life, pray about it. Talk to God about everything. And by the way, nothing is too big and nothing is too tiny for God. The Bible says that we don't have what we need because many times we simply don't ask for it. Don't try to handle your life on your own. He has offered to handle every area of life. So that's number two. Talk to God about everything. Number three, thank God in all things. Notice that it says, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. The third answer he gives is what? Thank God. Let me read it exactly. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. This is admonishing us. Remember, this is, this is the secret sauce to reduce your stress level. And he's saying that we ought to be a grateful, thankful people. Did you know that the healthiest emotion for human beings is gratitude? Someone needs to say amen. I know you're out in the park. You could say amen. I may not hear you, but you could say it. The healthiest emotion for people 
is to have a rejoicing, grateful, thankful attitude. Now, the Bible makes it very clear what we're commanded to do. It says that we are to rejoice and be thankful in everything. Notice I didn't say for everything. God is not the author of everything, but he gives us a prescription and he says, no matter what's going on in your life, be thankful and rejoice in it. You can be fighting something that is clearly the enemy's plan for your life and he may be attacking you, but even in the midst of an attack, you can be putting your eyes on God and thanking him, thanking him, rejoicing. It's an attitude. It's an action. You're not necessarily thanking God for the cancer, but you're rejoicing and thanking God because a grateful heart is the best emotion and attitude to acquire. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 is the verse. It says, be thankful in all circumstances. In all circumstances. For this is God's will for you. I've learned you can't be happy and ungrateful at the same time. Can you? No. You're making a choice. And I encourage you today, make the right choice. Be thankful. Number four, the final answer I'm going to give you today is think about the right things. Think about the right things. The scripture there that we've read in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, goes on in verse 8 to give us this answer. So the idea is that we are to not only don't worry about anything, refuse to worry, not only to pray about everything, not only are we to thank God in everything, but number four, we're to what? We're actually to think about the right things. Think about the right things. May I read that verse to you? And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. So Paul decides he wants to make sure he adds this because this is a part of the the answer. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, I don't know whether you notice, but if you add all that up, you get basically eight tests to evaluate what you're thinking about. If somehow we could train our minds to think about those eight things rather than the stuff that we worry about, come on, someone say amen. If we can begin to think on the good, right things, we would have victory. We, our stress levels would go way down. We'd be a whole lot healthier. We'd be a whole lot spiritually more, more vital than we are now. Let me repeat them. And by the way, just think about this. Think about your own thought life. Where you end up, not right this moment. I mean, I'm talking about Tuesday after work. I'm talking about Friday morning where you're trying to drag yourself into the job. I'm talking about Thursday night when the family's having a fight and an argument. I know none of you ever argue. Ask yourself this question. Is my thought, listen to these tests, is my thought, number one, is it true? A lot of times we're believing lies. Everything that you're told on TV and media and social media, how many of you know all of it's not true? Come on, I don't have to tell you that. Is it true? Number two, is it good? Is it inherently good for us? Is it right? It's the idea of what is right and wrong. And the Bible tells us what's right and wrong. Number four, is it pure? Listen, sometimes we allow our minds to go places that are impure. Am I right? And that's going to lead you to a stressed, anxious life. Is it pure? Is it excellent? 
Is it excellent? Is it respectable? Is it beautiful? How about we just spend some time thinking about things that are beautiful? Huh? Reflect and put your mind, fill your thoughts with things that are beautiful, not ugly. Things that deserve praise. Did you know that the war over worry is going to be won between your ears? Your war over worry is going to be won right here between your ears. I'll close with a scripture from Isaiah 26 and verse 3. It says, you will keep us in perfect peace. All who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. God wants us to put our thoughts on him. May I review with you these four answers? By now you might have them already tucked away in your mind. Number one, what? Worry about nothing. Number two, pray about everything. Number three, thank God in all things. Thank God in everything. And number four, keep your mind on the right things. If we'll do that, you'll begin to find the ability to manage stress in your life and you'll be healthier for it. How many think that's truth? Is that God's word? That I didn't tell you anything that wasn't straight from Scripture. That's God's promise for us. Here's what I want to do. I want to challenge you this morning to be one that applies God's word to your life. Don't just be someone who's listening. Say, yeah, that sounds cool. No, God, God, when God puts out his word, he wants us to respond to it. So I want to ask you this morning, and by the way, I'm, my hands are up, all right? So I'm, I'm the first one to say, count me in this, Lord. Realize that we are worrying too much, not praying enough, not thankful enough, and not thinking enough on the right things. Therefore, our stress levels are at an unhealthy place. Have you say, God, I'm a part of those in some way that fits with me, and I want to make a change. I need to ask you for your help. Can you just raise your hand, say, if that's you? All right, I want to pray for each of you right now. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would help us to retrain ourselves. God, we're followers of Jesus, and Lord, we know that the only way to live in a life that's controlled by peace and happiness, Lord, is to follow what your word's prescription is. Thank you for this very clear, unmistakable scriptures that feed us. Tell us how we can live for you. Oh, Jesus, forgive us for our worry. Forgive us, Lord, when we've been grumpy, murmuring, complaining rather than grateful. Forgive us for when we focused on everything that's wrong rather than everything that's good and beautiful and excellent. Lord, forgive us for when we've allowed our thought life to get into the dumpster. Lord, we pray that you help train us to think right, pray right, trust right. We pray in Jesus' name. As we prepare to close, I'm just going to ask that all of you would mind just standing to your feet. I'm going to ask that those that are appointed to come and pray with me now for you. I'm going to ask that they'd come and join me on either side here. I know we got several prayer teams that are coming. I want to ask you some very important questions as we prepare to close. If you are a follower of Jesus, you've made a decision for Jesus before, but you realize that you're not where you need to be spiritually, that you have taken a side road, a detour, you're off the main highway. But today, you sense God's love and his acceptance, and you're willing today to say, I want to get back on that main road. 
And that requires a step from you. Don't be passive about it. You have to make a decision and walk out. I decide I need to take an action step towards God and say, Lord, forgive me. I want to get back on the right track with you. If you're in those shoes, I want to ask you just to raise your hand right now. Say, I'm one of those. I'm one of those. I've been wandering. I see his hands all over. Been wandering. I need to be right back in the right kind of walk with God. I see hands all over. You can put your hands down. If you're here this morning and maybe you've been around church, maybe you've been around religion, maybe you've been around do's and don'ts, but you have never genuinely, totally, with your heart of hearts, said, Jesus, I'm turning over my life to you, and I accept your forgiveness for my sins, and I want not only eternal life, but I want a new life here on this earth. I want that. I'm choosing that today. If you're one of those people who say, I, I'm not sure that I've ever sincerely, ever totally meant that with my mind and heart. Would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor Bobby, pray for me because I don't know. I'm really not sure, but I want to get right today. I see that hand, that hand, these hands. There's one. Anyone else? All right, now listen carefully. All of you who raised your hands for either of those, I want to pray with you, all right? I'm right here and I'm going to pray with you. I'd like for you, if you have just the determination in your mind and heart. I mean, frankly, this boils down to how serious are we? I'm going to invite you to come and stand right here with me so that I can pray with you. We just slip out. Yeah, this is just family. You just slip out and come down here. We're not going to make a show of anybody. Just come and stand here facing me. Just come and stand here. If you raise your hand for either of those invitations, I want to have a word of prayer with you. Come on. Can y'all give them some encouragement? Give them some encouragement as they come. We'll wait a moment. There's a couple over here. Yes, right here. Come and just stand right over here at the end. Yeah, just stand right over here to where we can get to everybody. Good. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now, I'm going to pray a prayer. Our teams that are here for support and prayer, they want to also pray with you. And they're going to kind of gather around you right now while I lead you in a prayer. Then as soon as I get through praying, we're going to transition our our service. We're just going to have a moment of just stillness, and then we'll dismiss our service. But what you're doing right now might be the very most important thing that we've done this morning already. Because you're making a heartfelt decision to do something about your own life with God. That is so very important. And all of your different places, we understand that. But I want to ask, regardless of kind of what your posture and where you're at in your life, I want you to pray a prayer with me. And I'm going to ask that followers of Jesus that are here, that have joined us, y'all would just all repeat it together to give them a little support. All right? Can everybody just pray this? If you're already a follower of Jesus, just repeat this after me. So all of you who are up front, you're just going to repeat this as I lead you in this prayer. All right? You ready? Say these words. Dear Jesus, with all my heart, I ask your forgiveness. My life hasn't been what it should be. I've not been living the way I know you want me to. I've been trying to do it in my own strength. And I repent. I decide to take a turn away from the past and toward you. You have all the answers. I acknowledge that. Today, I ask you to forgive me, and I commit to being a follower of Jesus Christ. 
I believe that you died for my sins. But I believe that you were raised again. And you live today to help me. And I ask that you would come and live on the inside of me. Take a place of control. Take over my life. Help me to learn and to grow. And I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Now, while you're standing up front, that prayer that you just prayed, if you prayed that from your heart, that is a life. I mean, that's a life changer. That is a deal maker. All right. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to ask that those who have come forward uh, to help with us just just to pray with you and to kind of pray with you specifically about your decision so it's not just a general prayer. Uh, And even maybe if I've got another couple of leaders that can come and just support them, I'm going to ask that they would just come around and just gather around each of you. I know there's some of you that are couples. That's fine. You can have one person praying with you. But I want everybody to have someone praying with them. Could I ask, uh, yeah, Josh, you come on up here. Delane, come on up here. Y'all can help. Everybody's hungry for the food. Yeah, Miss Patricia, come on up. Gather around. Find someone that you're going to pray with. All right, go ahead and team up right now. You begin to pray with them. And the rest of us, we're just going to be just pause for about three minutes, and then we're going to transition to our picnic time. Let's honor this moment of decision-making.